Welcome to Theory Paranormal, episode eight. Today is going to be a mixed bag concerning energy, people, and different times of year. What's that about, Dalton? Well, it could be full moon. It could be what you feel when you walk into places. Uh, not even haunted places, just regular old places. True. Um, full moon things should be interesting, though. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to get in touch base a little bit about that, but the full moon and other things. I'm going to pull uh, some experiences from my background and uh, things that I've witnessed and seen. And we'll see after this episode if we have any listeners that shoot us some emails and uh, see what they got to say about it. We definitely do appreciate also, while I'm thinking about it, to all the Theory Paranormal listeners uh, that have been corresponding with us via our Facebook page, info at theoryparanormal.com, asking us questions and wanting clarity on stuff. We're always happy to help any time that me and Dalton have uh, some free time to get back to you. Yeah, we also want to say that, you know, we apologize for having such a long delay in between episodes, but life kind of gets in the way. I'm still on the other side of the state doing work, so want to call it portable <laughs> <laughs> remote so remote. that's so that's one of the reasons why dalton sounds different uh for clarity and not as crystal clean that i sound like he's uh he's phoned in at the moment so yeah um this particular uh episode of the podcast uh is going to be about basically uh something that i've witnessed more so in the last few months uh, but I just got to contribute it to energy in the environment. You know, you kind of sit back sometimes and you see things that happen and you're like, is this a coincidence or is this just off? Is it me? And what I'm referencing is, is you can do it simply by just sitting in a cafe, you know, drinking a coffee or, or an ice cold beverage or whatever it is. And just watching people's mannerisms, behaviors, um, not overtly like staring at them, but I'm talking just the general perception of how everybody is, you know, being laissez-faire, being relaxed, being tense, being stressed, being hyper, giddy, whatever it is. And if you are aware and pay attention enough, you're going to start noticing people that don't know each other may start having the same type of temperament or interactivity, or, or exude uh, this type of persona that may be the same. And uh, it's not something I see all the time, but sometimes I do see it, and it makes me kind of scratch my head and go, well, what's, what's going on here? Is there something more here than uh, what I can see? Um, so before I uh, unpackage all this, what, what what's your thoughts on all that real quick, just for a uh, a quick snapshot there, Dalton. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, could it be the energy in the building that was left behind? Could it be um, picking up off each other's energy? Um, being that you know that person, uh, you know, then you but then you get into the sensitivity of the person. You know, we always talk about everybody has a sense, a sensitivity of picking up things. Some are more sensitive than others. So is it? that this person is picking up the vibe of the other person or is it just flat out the energy that's in the building itself? I, 
I don't know. I scratch my head at that same. Right. And I'm going to give some examples real quick. I won't get too deep into everything, but I'm just using these as, as thought points for everybody to, to ponder why uh, we're having this discussion at the moment. So I want you to think of these simple scenarios. Uh, you're walking into a building and some people are walking out having an argument and you hold the door and they brush by you and, and kind of, you know, bounce into your arm a little bit. And you're like, you know, just trying to be polite here, holding the door. And they were too involved in their situation and they go on. And uh, then you go about your day. Uh, another scenario is you're walking. Just could be in front of the houses, you know, where you live by. Um, you could be in a park. Uh, you could be at the beach. Um, and a stray animal comes by. And they see you. And they come right on up to you out of nowhere. And are very affectionate to you. Uh, or... They could be skittish and take off. All right. That's the second example. Uh, the third example is, is you could go and stay at a and b And the reason why I pick B&Bs is because they're not the normal affair of it being a cookie cutter corporate, uh, you know, always having that same example of wherever you're going to go, uh, refined and polished. But you go stay at a and b somewhere. And it could be with the person that you're with, you know, uh, your significant other, partner, friend. Um, and you go hang out at this really cool place in this nice little town and it's charming. And you wake up and thought you slept good. Maybe you have a, a pretty weird feeling when you wake up. Maybe some emotions that weren't there. Maybe something that you can't explain, that you just just kind of holding on to you, um, that you can't shake off. It could be one emotion. It could be happiness. It could be giddiness. Or it could be sadness for some reason. Um, those are just three quick examples. Now, they say you have ley lines, which are all over the earth, which are for better purposes of any other way of explaining it, uh, energy points that circumference the earth, and uh, they're like literally highways of energy, and they crisscross all over. And they say those affect multitudes of things within the environment, within the ionosphere, within physicalities of nature, um, flowers, plants, animals, humans, you name it, anything that has any type of pulse, any type of life form or force, it all is intertwined. So another example is, is sometimes where ley lines run across cities and towns, environments, um, some people, depending on who you talk to or what books you read, they all think that type of energy affects where it crosses and affects people on massive scales. So that's another example to think about. Um, Would that go along? Because people don't realize that you you actually have, when you're talking about ley lines, um, that there's actually the earth itself has chakras. 
Correct. And what Dalton's getting at is that there is different focal points of abundance of energy just sitting in various points of the earth in different places. So for anybody that may be listening that may not be familiar with what chakras are, uh, I won't get into it right now, but if you have time, please look it up. It is very interesting. But a quick uh, uh, analogy is think of a Wi-Fi hotspot. You know what Wi-Fi is. Everybody does in today's age for the most part. You got your cell phone. You got your Wi-Fi hotspot. You want to make sure you got a good connection. Well, those focal points of energy uh, that are around the earth emit energy. And for analogy's sake, all the human beings are the cell phones. And we're receptive to that depending on proximity sometimes. So... Uh, to bring it back around to everything for those examples, um, everybody, if you would, this is kind of interactive right now, think about in your life if you ever had a moment where you had a sense of feeling inside you where you were completely fine in your head and in your chest and your heart and you were just as if you were just kind of chilling, watching TV with no emotion whatsoever and you just had something come over you out of nowhere. It had no rhyme or reason to be there, energy-wise, feeling-wise. Any emotion you could think of, where two seconds prior you were 100% good. Um, that is the crux of what I'm kind of talking about here. The main, the main point is the reason why I brought up the bed, uh, the bed and breakfast, um, the animal that was random uh, of you being outside or somebody brushing against you on accident when you were at the coffee store, I believe it was. All of those things are entwined by energy. And they can all, from my experience, affect you. Positive and negative. Uh, sometimes it can affect you in a way to where it's indifferent. It doesn't really make a difference. It all depends on where you are psychologically, emotionally, mentally, and physically. And if you want to throw the hat in the ring too for everybody that's spiritual, spiritually also. Uh, I know those are a lot of points that I just made there. But all of those intertwine together. And <clears throat> the reason why I wanted to bring up this subject matter and discuss it in this podcast is because towards the end of last year, I kind of saw not necessarily localized where my local community is, but people that I knew that lived all throughout the country in various places all at once started having things happen in their life that were completely random, but pinnacle and very important in their life. Um, that it, it just wasn't a normal week for them. Uh, unfortunately, some people had uh, deaths in their families. Some people had travesties in their relationships. Some people um, had uh, turmoil going on. But the reason why I bring up these examples is because for everybody that I pretty much knew, nobody had major positive things all happening during this week snapshot that I used for this example, 
it's just like stuff hit the fan for a lot of people I knew all in one week, all at the same time. And it's one thing, you know, if you get a phone call from a relative saying, oh, you know, so-and-so passed, unfortunately, you know, they were older um, or they could be younger. And you're just like, yeah, it's part of life. You know, it's, it's detrimental and it's, it's saddening. But for me to kind of just take a step back and just see all of these points happening, all these different people's lives that don't know each other and just see the totality of it all, it makes me go, wow, why this week all of a sudden? Why right now? And <clears throat> so then I just started thinking about, okay, well, what's the grand scheme of things here? What's going on in the world? What's going on on the footprint, per se, for area, the circumference, which for this particular analogy was strictly the United States. So I looked around, and unfortunately, a lot of a lot of a lot of things were going on that were uh, not really positive. So, for me, that was a major point to say, "Wow, maybe there's more to this whole energy thing than just the paranormal. Maybe there's environmental energy that affects people, rather they realize it or not." Um. For instance, have you ever heard of the scenario, Dalton, where you have siblings that are fraternal siblings, where they were born the same time for the most part, um, maybe a minute or two off, uh, or even twins, or maybe a strong connection with a mother or father to their children, and they'll be miles apart, hundreds of miles apart, a thousand miles apart, and something will happen and they will instantaneously know something has happened, but they won't receive a text or phone call. Has anybody, yeah. has anybody ever wondered how is that even possible? I mean, I mean, think, they do a test on that. They, they many places have done all sorts of tests, which we will discuss in a future point in time. Uh, some about that. And there is verifiable proof um, that those type of conditions uh, are real and it happens. So it made me say, okay, so you have energy in the environments that affect people on a grand scale uh, negatively within their personal lives. I said, okay. So what about the other side of it? What about scenarios that aren't negative that might be more positive or just uh, indifferent? So here's one for you. Uh, I'll take something personal off the shelf and share. It's not going to be whiz-bang-wow, but nonetheless, it, it's still uh, something to think about. I uh, had to do some traveling internationally. And I uh, got to meet some very great people for something I was doing. And I entered their home. And <clears throat> I went and sat down. And they asked me if I like pets. And I said, yeah, you know, I love, I love animals. 
when they said, well, we have a cat that's very skittish, doesn't like anybody else except the family, uh, may hiss at you just to be forewarned. And it was like, oh, okay, no problem. And I was greeted on over into the, uh, the, the living room there. And I sat down in a, uh, a, a nice ornate chair and the cat, uh, skedaddles by and, uh, looks at me. And as the cat was running by Hurley, looking at me, uh, automatically stops in its tracks. And right when this happens, I lock eyes with the cat. So what I did just because when I was looking at the cat, I thought to myself as if sometimes people think to themselves out loud in their head, uh, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm a friend and nothing but love. And I just kind of imagined it being like a sunburst, just exuding from me. Boom. That's it. All in 0.2 seconds. Just a random thought. And the weirdest thing happened. The cat ended up going from that run to when it stopped flicked its tail a few times, then came and walked over gingerly to me as I'm sitting there. And the owner stepped, uh, was standing back in the dining room looking in astonishment. And the cat and came and jumped up on my lap. Did its little paw thing where it was trying to get comfortable for 10 seconds. Curled up in a tight ball and passed out in 15 seconds, completely snoring. Now, what made this even more interesting is this. I was in a environment where I didn't speak the native language. There was no way for me to communicate with this cat. Like physically, audibly, if I spoke nine times out of 10, the cat wouldn't have understood me because I was not brought up in that native culture or that environment. So I just did my thing. And then the cat responded the way it did. Now, keep in mind, I didn't say anything to the cat. I didn't wave. I didn't speak. I just sat there. Everything I gave as an example transpired in no more than 15 seconds at the most. It went by super quick. And I remember the individual there ended up leaving to go to the kitchen, made some, made some tea, came back cat was still there asleep. The cat stayed in my lap, knocked out asleep for 20 minutes. Hmm. And that right there, for me, I don't want to say it's a confirmation, but it was an experience that showed me even if there is variables or parameters in place that may give a defined, hey, here's what's going on, here's what's going to happen. Don't always accept that as it being the definitive answer of how it's going to be. From everything I was told about the cat, that was automatically telling me how it was going to be. But with what I did, boom. And then it changed everything. Don't ask me how, don't ask me why, it is what it is. But that was... Another scenario, animal-wise, that happened with me that made me say, huh, okay, 
which I found interesting. Now, to touch base on the other example I brought up about walking in as an example to the cafe and the people having the argument brushing against you. I've been in environments personally where everything feels nice and lighty and airy as if all the windows are open and there's no windows that you can open, but it's just the persona that's in the environment, the air. Everybody's jovial. Everybody's happy. Everything seems to be going at a nice pace evenly. And that's not necessarily what it is point blank, but it's that first initial read on the room. Um, for me personally, there's been many instances where I've had people bump into me and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I've had people bump into me while they're texting on the phone, leaving a gas station and then look at me as if I'm the one that's at fault and give me a look of disdain. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to exist at this exact moment when you're trying to be about you. But, you know, not to be negative, but I, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening right now are laughing, going, yeah, I know what that's about. I'm trying to do the right thing for somebody. And, you know, it's not perceived as a neighborly thing that you're trying to do. Um, not that you're trying to get anything out of it. You're just trying to be polite. So there's been times when I've walked next to people at a mall. And for an instantaneous second, uh, it, I just felt disgusting. I'm not talking about the fact of looking at somebody and seeing their presentation and going, wow, that person's unkempt or that person is not, uh, you know, very well put together with the way their hair is like they need a haircut or they, you know, they kind of maybe stink. Maybe they need to take a shower. Not like that. I'm just talking about walking by somebody and for that instantaneous second that we're side by side right next to each other I just felt this amazing energy wash over me to where it was just like Ugh. and then as quick as they walked by me as soon as they were past me it was gone and that flows along with the sensitivity part you being sensitive and being able to pick up the energies from other people. It was like in the actual energy episode that we talked about Correct. that, um, that you can, you can walk in, like people can put off. It, it's it's kind of like what I always say. I can walk up to a person and shake their hand in five minutes. Know if I want to keep talking to them or not, right. because I can tell just their energy. Like if they have a really good energy, they're putting off, then I don't mind having a conversation. But all of a sudden, if I feel like, even though they're smiling and they're acting all nice, but all of a sudden you just sense this negative energy because to me, that's kind of their thought process at the moment. Like they might be thinking, I don't want to talk to this guy. Don't know him that well, blah, blah, blah. And it's just putting off like a negative energy that I'm picking up. And then, and then that tells me in a few minutes to go, Hey, nice meeting you. I'll talk to you later kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And <clears throat> Sometimes there has been uh, experiences to where I can do an investigation. 
and everything's fine with the investigation, not a problem. And then a month or two or three months go by, and then I'm told, hey, you seem different. It's like, what do you mean I seem different? Oh, your personality is a little bit different. Or a bunch of other things uh, conversationally that get spoken about, and it's like what it comes down to is you're not being your normal self. There's normal self that we are accustomed to. And when I mean the phrase we, I'm talking about individuals that know me. And then that's when at certain points in time, it looks like places I've been or investigated uh, inadvertently, definitely not on purpose. I picked up energy that has came back with me and needed to be dealt with. Um, Nine times out of 10, from a paranormal speaking standpoint, a professional paranormal speaking standpoint as an investigator, you don't want energy ever to come home with you because that's your place. That's your place that you have your life, your family. It's your, it's your home base. And it, it takes very specialized individuals, A, to see what's going on with you, B, to assist you, and, and C, to try to get you back on track. Um, it's not something that just happens overnight either. Now, the reason why I presented all of these examples, some of them were from me personally, is because not everybody that is listening, um, I don't expect everybody to understand what I'm referencing or talking about because it's one of these things that you have to just understand if it happens. But the reason why I went into such detail and got personal is because I want everybody to know that these things do indeed happen. They definitely do. And believe it or not, a lot of the listeners that are listening right now may have had experiences in their past that indeed were real, but chalked it up as coincidence or what ifs or, you know, a one-off or may not even realized it, but it happens. And it's a matter of just paying attention, maybe thinking about things a little bit more and saying, okay, what's, what's to this? If that is something that you're curious about or perceptive to, or open to learning more about. And that's, and that's also, you, 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 you want to bring up the point of that when people go to investigate a lot of times and you, I mean, you see the shows and you do whatever and they always, uh, you know, they, they, they do their little prayer or they do whatever to protect them or whatever. And then you'll see a bunch of them or you'll go to an investigation, let's say with a local group, but either, either, or I'm saying any type of investigation you go to, they always tell you, you know, when you leave, um, you know, basically say, you're not allowed to follow me, stay here, blah, blah, blah. But what they don't tell you <clears throat> about this stuff is that, you can, it's not, okay, so what I'm getting at is like you come home and you started changing and stuff. That's That doesn't have anything to do with an entity following you home is what I'm getting at. You know what I'm saying? No, it doesn't. You pick, right. So the, the one thing when they talk about, you know, please tell them, you know, when you leave to stay here, they're not allowed to follow you. 
Okay, you're talking to an entity, a spirit, or whatever you're trying to talk to at that moment. But what they don't tell you is that you can pick up that negative, and I don't even want to say dark energy. I just want to say you can pick up that negative energy, and it attaches, the energy can attach itself to you as, as such. Or, you know, there's the terms of what we eat. So, if you were on investigation or you were just in that cafe or that coffee shop and you ate something that had a negative energy attached to it, let's say, um, there's also things that I have researched time and time again where you can eat something because you're basically eating the energy from whatever that's made from, that plant or that animal. You know what I'm saying? So you can actually have that energy as well. You can pick it up by eating something. So, but what I was getting at back then for you, what you said was, you know, you brought this energy home with you and then over a matter of time, it can affect you basically. But that's, and all I want to say is that's not always a spirit or an entity messing with you. It's just basic energy that you picked up from that location and brought it home. And over time, unless you know how to shake it, it can deteriorate you and, and um, just it's just a bad situation, if that makes sense to you. Oh, it makes perfect sense to me. What Dalton's, I think, trying to say ultimately, uh, just to put it all in a nice little bow there, is everything has energy associated to it, and everybody is re- a receptor to energy. You know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you know, my body's my temple, and so I'm not going to utilize or drink or eat certain things because it will affect me X, Y, Z way. Well, that's exactly what Dalton's trying to say. And us as paranormal investigators, when we utilize the word energy, nine times out of 10, we're talking about an environment that we've investigated. But energy transcends more than just a paranormal environment. It's all around us. It's out of anything that's physically put together or made or manufactured or built. Um, anything anywhere in the world all has a component of energy to it. So. Anyway. Yeah. And, then, and that's like, I'm also saying too, is that, you know, I don't want people to think that just because you walk out of investigation and you go home and <clears throat> your energy levels and everything feels like out of whack or out of sync, that has nothing to do with the spirit following you home. I just want to make that clear. It's just the energy that you picked up and attached, it attached itself to you because energy in a way can, you can, you can have an energy that attaches. It's like we talk about imprinting where you can walk in there and you can actually stand in somebody's negative energy. And then within minutes, depending on how sensitive you are, become, you know, become angry or whatnot. And then a little bit later, you might be all right. But um, like us as investigators, I mean, we spend hours in a place that we know probably has some some bad juju in it. You know what I mean? But we're there doing what we love to do. So, um, but yeah, I, I kind of threw a few different things in there. But uh, on your topic, I was mainly just saying, I don't want people to always think that it's a spirit following you and trying to mess with you or haunt or anything like that. It could just be the energy that you brought back with you that is just giving you a bad time for a short period of time eventually will fade away or whatnot. But that's, that's, 
I'm also saying that as well. So maybe I wasn't clear in the first. Maybe we should do this like every weekend so I don't have a gap between the times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the the listeners would love that. Um, Yeah. So, (laughs) but yeah, I completely understand though. I mean, I've, I've known people, believe it or not, to go get things from estate sales, from yard sales, from thrift stores, from uh, secondhand resale places that have had energy associated to it, to where they've had crazy and amazing experiences uh, from everything from funky dreams associated to the item to uh, an individual uh, seeing a spectral entity in their room. Um, It's just... Everything that I am told that I haven't physically experienced uh, from that particular instance, I have to take, you know, the grain of salt, but it is what it is. Um, So with all of this, talking about the energy, that's what I just wanted to associate with is there's multiple ways energy can interact with individuals and give different experiences or feelings or emotions um, or be perceived. And for anybody that is curious about anything I have discussed thus far uh, in the podcast, the best way to do it is if maybe you go to a food court at a mall or a, a restaurant or wherever the case is where everybody's just doing their thing, maybe sit back and just watch and just see, you know, what's going on. Sometimes that's the best way to take everything in is just watch and pay attention and just sit silent and just relax. Um, so this is what our first segment of the podcast was about, was energy in the environment and how it affects individuals on a grand scale, uh, potentially, with, with what's going on. So, And you might feel a little weird, people watching like that. And if you're not into... You know, if there's people that like we're we're like I don't know, hundred percent diehard paranormal investigators. We've been dealing with it for a long time. So ninety nine sometimes point, we ninety nine point two percent. Ninety nine point two percent, that's right. There you go. <laughs> so but for us to actually sit around and feel the waves, how they shift in different places you go to, a food court, a coffee shop. Uh, a general store or even walking through a park um, picking up the different energies that people are putting off um, that's just what we do and and, so, and what Dalton means by fill the waves just a, a quick example it's not going to be as crazy something mystical or magical it's not like that for people that at least for me and Dalton um, correct me if I'm wrong but filling a wave is Something as simple as feeling it go from hot to cold. You know how you feel that feeling, that slight distinct feeling? Well, that's how it is for us, but on the inside, if something doesn't feel right. So. Yeah, well, it's 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 like that, but it's also, it's kind of like when we're walking through a place, me and, me and Pax could be walking through the mall together and everything's fine. And we're looking for that item that we're trying to purchase or whatever. And all of a sudden we get to a certain part of the mall. We just kind of look at each other and go, 
man, did the air just get heavy? Do you feel the energy just changed at this end of the mall? Do you know, that kind of thing for a normal person walking through the mall. I don't really think they're going to pick that up as quick as we would. And they're not going to like try to figure it out. Like we would like what's going on here. What's what's happening. They're just going to walk through and they'll feel like, you know, oh, I feel a little like there's something I ate. My stomach's a little upset or I feel a little nauseated or my chest feels heavy or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm walking too much. I just need to get some water and sit down for a minute. Um, but those, those types of energies, and especially, you know, as well as I do packs, you walk into a place where you got a multiple attack of different style energies. You got a little bit of the happy, a little bit of the angry, a little bit of the dark, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, man, that throws you through a loop quicker than crap. I tell you what, it's just, it's, it's just crazy how energy affects people. Oh, it does. And it's all about, you know, the individual on the other side perceiving it. I mean, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. I know everything me and Don are talking about just seems like it's another day for us. And we're just throwing around all these words and acronyms and these experiences. Like it's not a big deal, but for us to get to the level, the professionalism and the experience level that me and Dalton are at, we had to go through a lot, a lot of experiences. So I can promise you it wasn't this laissez-faire and chill in the beginning. <laughs> there was experiences. No, there was a lot of there was experiences was, where like, oh wow, did this just happen? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And then a lot of times we were in the same boat. I remember, you know, I remember being young. And uh, growing up, not understanding why I sense or feel what I was feeling or, and, and so basically a lot of it was, uh, I don't even want to say trial and error because there was no trial about it. Um, it's just something I've lived with and you've lived with it. And, uh, but the understanding, I mean, over all the years, I mean, look where we're at today, you know, what, 30 years ago, if you try to talk about this, they'd throw you in a straitjacket and put you in some kind of asylum because, you know, you're crazy. But <clears throat> now that it's been brought to light, but yeah, if we look back when we're going through it as a young kid or a teenager, I mean, who, who could we talk to back then? You know, um, you couldn't ask for help for something like that. No. You could in certain in certain areas, you probably could. There was certain people back then, not as many as there is today, but back then there was a few people you could talk to about it. But, but still, um, like I said, I don't want to use the term trial and error. It's just something we didn't know about. <clears throat> it was pretty overwhelming on my part personally. Um, and then you do research and you keep doing what you do and eventually – you don't always, you're not going to ever have the right answer because no one knows the right answer. If we did, we, we would all know it and we wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, energy is a, is a pretty fascinating thing. If you boil it down, even to Einstein's theory of when you die, uh, how your energy just goes out into the, in the world, basically, you know, um, because the electricity dissipates in your body. You know, you can, we can get into that topic of Einstein's theory and energy and when you're alive and when you're, when you pass away. So that's a whole nother topic there. True. But 
Makes but yeah, it's just energy is everywhere. Makes me question where Tesla was getting all of his theories. <laughs> Tesla too. I mean, we could do a segment on Tesla, Einstein, you know, Ben Franklin. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these people were, you know, doing paranormal research and investigating back when they were alive. So, oh yeah. So, <clears throat> with everything that we've said thus far, now we're going to go into the next portion of the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about reincarnation. So uh, reincarnation, reincarnation. What's your what's your uh, what's your spin on that, there, Dalton? Well, I do believe that you know you're being tested in life, and then when you pass away, you're being tested in the afterlife as well. We do have a little bit of proof of that. Uh, you know, we have. We have caught some EVPs where, you know, people have pretty much the, the entities have said, you know, hey, you know, I've paid my dead time. When can I move on, basically, type of stuff. Um, and I'm just putting that in layman's terms. Of course, the EVP wasn't that clear. We had to break it down to figure out, you know, they're kind of saying, hey, you know, when do I move on? Uh, so <clears throat> I believe it's a constant test. And... I I don't know. I think that it, you know, you look at the five-year-old kid that can, you know, comes comes along and all of a sudden starts reciting World War II and can name all the planes and tanks and, you know, the the ranks of the German soldiers and, you know, it's it's, I mean, come on, what how how do you explain that? Yeah, if he, he wasn't reincarnated. Yeah, I actually vaguely remember that. He ended up uh, ended up describing all where all the gauges were drew pictures i believe of the inside of a world war ii fighter plane um yeah and uh was using terminology that he had no way of knowing at five years old and memories and all sorts of stuff and there's lots of stories like that i mean there's lots of stories of um young kids uh doing things that wow you know how do you know that at your age or you know, to me also, when you talk about a prodigy, um, when you got a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old playing guitar like Van Halen, you know what I mean? It's, it's uh, man, where did, you know, what the, where the heck did that come from? Well, they're a prodigy. Well, okay, that's, that's a pretty good term to use for the, what, normal class? But in the paranormal class, I'd say that kid was probably an awesome guitar player in his past life and was reincarnating. And it's just something that was, that he just remembered how to do it. And so at 10 years old, I mean, um, you know, he's ripping a guitar. If people would just take the time to look at it and go, wow, they do that right there. I will say they do that right there. They'll say, wow, look at that. That's amazing. That's a prodigy. Instead of us, we look at it like, where did that come from? <laughs> yep. How did this kid, how did this kid pick up a guitar? Okay. He's been playing guitar since he was seven years old and three years later, he's 10 years old and he's ripping a guitar, not even looking at it, you know, closes his eyes and just rips that guitar or that piano or that drum kit or whatever, just effortlessly. We look at it like, where did that come from? And the first thing I think about is reincarnation. It's the first thing I think about. Yeah, as far as it goes, you know, reincarnation. I I, I think that too, because I 
I usually have three things that jump jump in my mind for reincarnation. First thing I think about is is past lives, like someone having information that they have no way of knowing. Uh, the second thing I think about is a prodigy, you know, ironically, like you stated also, or a savant, somebody that is super smart that it just doesn't make statistical sense of for them to know something and be so superior at such a young age. Um, the third thing I think about is basically, I, I call it the ladder system. If somebody had something they were supposed to do and they didn't do it at tier one, then they do it all over again and try it tier two. Well, that's my version of reincarnation. Keep doing something until you finish what you were supposed to do. And then you're good to go. But until then, you just keep going and going and going each lifetime. Well, hence the fact that I've also mentioned being tested. So let's say you didn't do it right in this lifetime. So now you're going to come back and try it again. Except the fact that you might not have the same uh, properties or things that you had the first time. You might be... Let's say you were a millionaire last time. Now you're middle class, basically. You understand what I'm saying? So, um, Different variables each lifetime is what you're saying. Right. To try to pass that one goal of whatever that may be. Okay. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, you, <clears throat> let's say, let's say to me that this is just, again, this is our opinions. This has no fact behind it. But I, it may sound stupid for me to look at look at it this way. I look at it like, uh, let's say somebody's working, working, working. They're a workaholic, and they're thriving to to like get that bigger dollar. Why? First of all, everybody's mindset's going to be like, well, I didn't come from nothing, and I want something, so I'm going after it. But, but I, I try to dig into that a little deeper. Like, why is your mindset like that? Why wouldn't you just be happy settling with making a living and basically uh, just being along that pattern, just stay that line? Well, <clears throat> a lot of people have the mentality they want to do something better. They want to be a business owner. They want to, you know, do whatever, and they wind up just chasing that dollar because they just want to be outside the box. I understand that. But what is it that actually makes you think that way? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to break it down in, in a way that I can say this to, so you understand what I'm trying to say. But I mean, is it because you were rich in your, in your past life? And so instead of you picking up a guitar and just shredding it, like how that carried from uh, the past life into this eight-year-old kid, did the richness, did the thought process of being rich and having money and being able to buy what you want, did that carry over into the thought process of you striving to be a business owner or or maybe because you overspend without realizing, you know, people do that, right? So they they spend more money than they have and they always go, man, that's just a downfall of mine. I don't know why I do it. It's just stupid. You understand what I'm saying there? No, I completely get it. You know... So I'm, go ahead. I was going to say real quick, 
<clears throat> for for my spin, one. Uh, for anybody that's ever had to go to college uh, or the university, depending on where you live in the world, it's called university, or a tech school, a trade school, anywhere, it's all the same. You sign up, you figure out what courses you're going to do, and you got your game plan, and then you start. And then eventually you graduate, right? You finish. Well, I'm not going to get all into it for this particular podcast through some experiences I've had and so forth and, and different things. But my slant on reincarnation is that. Is life is before you're born, you already have the whole thing figured out of what you're going to do in that lifetime. And it's painted for you. It's already agreed upon. And you're all set and you're good to go. And then you're born. You grow up. You live your life. But the thing is, is you physically don't know what courses you signed up for before you were born. And you go through your whole life. And then when you pass away, it's natural, it happens. You figure out if you graduated or not. That's what I think reincarnation is. Because if somebody, um, if someone just gave it to you and then you just went through your whole life and just checked the boxes, that would be too easy. Too easy. So what you're getting at is basically <clears throat> you have a set schedule. And along these reincarnation paths that happen and you're taking or whatever, you've kind of veered off of that path. Well, and so you don't know what the path being is. Reinc- right. Right, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you, so now you're being reincarnated. You're brought back. And so let's say you got the first 20% of it right on that last lifetime. So now you're being reincarnated and you come back. And so they're not going to, they're going to kind of let you pick up where you left off at the 20% mark. Now you live this next life. You're rolling through. You got another 10%, right? <laughs> you, <laughs> you pass away. You come back and you leave off at the 30% until you get to your 100%. That could be, you know, you could do it in 20 lifetimes, five lifetimes, or 100 lifetimes. Exactly. So is that that's kind of what you're that's, basing it on? Right. That's what I'm basing it on for, for, for that. I believe that you know what it is you're supposed to do before you're physically born. But then when you're born, all that's kind of put by the wayside and erased physically. Spiritually, it's still there. But physically, you have no consciously idea of what or why, and you just live your life. You do. And, 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 and that's the whole mystery behind it is, you know, because you, you know people, I mean, you've done it, I've done it. People are going to sit down and go, what am I here for? Why am I here? What purpose uh, do they're, I have? When they're, right. It's, I don't know, it's reincarnation, it's a touchy subject. Like we always said, that we're not <clears throat> going to get into the religious side of it, which I'm not going to, but it is a, basically, uh, just a touchy subject with a lot of people, because a lot of people don't believe in it, don't want to believe in it, I guess, if you want to say, but it's a mainstream teaching and I don't study none of that stuff, so I couldn't really tell you nothing about all that. 
I have no idea who follows what. I'm not a big theology person. I can tell you about the names of some different religions. I'm be sincere on that, but you know, as far as it goes for me, this is you know, for me and Dalton, this is nothing but our our theory of what we, you know, kind of hobble together. We're not advocating nor, uh, you know, talking about or pushing for any type of uh, religious mindset or what theology you know, is better than or beliefs. or beliefs or someone else. Now, the reason why I brought up reincarnation uh, ultimately is because of the fact a lot of times when me and Dalton do investigations, we'll get bits and pieces and conversations and stuff about somebody coming back to do different things. And so that's why I brought up this particular topic for this podcast on the other side of the energy aspect. Um, well, you can, you can take it back to the, you know, the pyramids. Yeah. Um, if you research the pyramids and they got the holes, you know, I'm talking about if you're standing inside, say one of the chambers, mm-hmm. they have these uh, square or rectangle style holes that go shoot through the outside of the pyramid. And actually uh, some of them are lined up with say, uh, like a constellation in the stars, and so each hole aims at one of those stars. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember exactly because um, we could we could go we could dig this rabbit hole as deep as it, it goes pretty deep. But they used to there's a table right there, and they used to lay their dead on the table and to allow their souls to travel through that hole and go to the the cosmos basically yep. to that to that yes to that constellation that particular star celestially you yes thank you term i was looking for word so the other thing is <clears throat> people don't know why porcelain dolls are so creepy <laughs> they are creepy the mineral, because of the fact that the mineral component go ahead well it's not only that but remember porcelain dolls were actually used because when you pass away, they were trying to transform, not transform, but uh, basically the person's soul that passed away, they were trying to guide the soul into that porcelain doll because I guess it's a conductor for it to pick up the energy of the soul. Because the soul never really, I guess, basically, the soul is seen as immortal, basically. And it becomes perishable, basically, in the body upon death. So, oh. but it, it's still it's still basically alive. So, what people way back when used to do with porcelain dolls was to try to trap the soul and the spirit of the person passing so that they can live on. So, there was a movie they kind of did about that, where a person's soul left the body and entered a doll basically you remember that movie oh yeah i do okay so it's it's what they used to do but the uh when a person is reborn within the buddhism part there are five or six possible forms that rebirth can can be taken it manifests um yes and they believe that 
they can uh, take the form of the highest to the lowest forms, which could be gods, demigods, human, animal, basically a ghost. And I'm going to not use the word, but I'm going to tell you that it deals with inferno, the below. Um, but anyway, where the dead sometimes go when you don't go to heaven. Uh, so basically, that's Buddhism section, but reincarnation is in the beliefs of that have been going on for hundreds and thousands of years or whatever. Um, I did an investigation with a guy one time. I'm not going to mention his name. It's a very interesting story if we have time, if you want me to tell you this story about it on his belief when he gets asked about reincarnation. Okay. <clears throat> so... He was, you know, paranormal investigators. We've always got people that come by and they go, hey, I got a story for you, I got a story for you. And he had a friend who kept telling him, you know, hey, uh, you know, well, I got this guy. He stares at the living room floor all the time and can't stop it, you know, and would you come check it out? And so after a while, he just to keep the guy quiet, he went ahead and went and checked the guy out. And sure enough, within 10 or 15 minutes of talking to the guy, Basically, the guy started staring at the living room floor. Now, the guy's coherent, can talk to you, answer questions, knows what he, he can tell you. I know I can hear you. I know what you're saying. I just can't turn my head. And this will last a while. And so, long story short, I'm going to shorten it up just a little bit. But um, so the first thing, he's like, okay, I'll, you know, after probably about, I don't know, it could be five minutes, could be 20 minutes, whatever, the guy's can actually turn his head and start talking, looking at you and talking to you. And so this person said, okay, I'll go, you know, check some things out and uh, get back to you. So he got in his car and he's driving down the road and energy force we were talking about <clears throat> basically saying for some un uncanny reason, I'm just going to pull in here and grab a cup of coffee and look at some paperwork. So he goes in to get a cup of coffee waitress comes over he's got some paperwork spread out because he's first he's looking at medical you know how we always go medical before we go paranormal oh yeah and so he's looking at any kind of medical research anything that comes up to where people would just stare at an object or a floor or a wall or whatever waitress comes over sees paranormal this paranormal that and she starts talking about Hey, I got something I want to tell you about. I see you're, that you're doing paranormal stuff. And he said, well, can you get my coffee first and then come back? She did. She come back. So while he's sipping on his coffee, he's shaking his head and she's ripping through experiences that she had. And within a couple of minutes of talking, she goes, yeah, I just moved into this house right up the road. And for some reason I kept staring at the living room floor and he stopped dead in his tracks. And he's like, well, what did you just say? And she goes, yeah, um, for a while I lived there and just for no reason at all, I would stop watching TV or I would stop walking through the room and I'd just stare at this one section of the living room floor. She goes, but I don't do it no more. It doesn't happen no more. Uh, it just kind of went away and he goes, well, what'd you do? And she goes, well, I was wanting to know what I was staring at. So I had somebody come in <clears throat> you know, and say, here's a spot where I'm staring at what's underneath there. So they ripped the carpet up. There's like, I don't know, two or three layers of carpet. And there was an AC vent 
It was an older house. They used to have the ventilation systems, the air conditioning and stuff come through the floors. So he asked her, well, did you look down in there and see if there was anything in the vent? And she's like, yeah, we kind of looked in there. wasn't nothing in there. So I covered it back up and then lo and behold, I didn't stare at the floor no more. So he's like, hmm, interesting. So he went back the next night, told the older gentleman, I think I fixed your problem as he's smiling. You know, basically the waitress solved the problem, but I think I fixed your problem, but we're going to have to tear your carpet up off your floor. Guy says, I don't really care what you do. Just get me from stopping. This has been going on for a while, like the last couple of years. And I don't understand why I'm staring at the floor. So pretty much they tore the carpet up and sure enough, there was an AC vent right there. So this guy that I know was telling me the story and, uh, went down in there and looked and down in there, he found a, uh, shiny object. So he pulled it out, kept it cuffed in his hand. So the guy couldn't see it. And <clears throat> He asked the guy, he said, well, how long ago did you lose your wife? And this guy was probably in his, I would say, 80s or something. He said, well, I lost my wife about, I don't know, it was probably like 22, 23 years ago. So he said, well, I want to show you something. Tell me if this means anything. So he opened up his hand, and what it was was a was a locket. And it didn't have no pictures in it, but it was just a just a locket. And the guy started to shed a tear. And he said, so I assume this means something to you. And the guy was like, yeah. He said, I bought that for my wife as a housewarming gift when we moved in here. And within the first week, she lost it. Didn't know where it was. So <clears throat> she was very you know, upset about it. So he finally just said, hey, do you have a picture of your wife anywhere? And... He said, yeah, he said, you know, they didn't even think about like the couple of photos he had on the, you know, on the, on uh, the, uh, the mantle. What? I said on the mantle, on the, on the mantle. Yeah. Mantle or, you know, like a bookshelf bookcase or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he's like, I got some photo albums somewhere. Let me go grab one. And he come out and he said, man, that's weird. He said, I know where these photo albums are. He said, but I can only find this one. And he opened it up. And uh, turned to turn three or four pages. And, you know, this guy that I know, he said, well, stop right there. And the guy's like, what? <clears throat> and so he leaned over and he pointed right at this one picture. He goes, that's your wife right there. And the old guy kind of looked at him. He said, well, how do you know that? That is my wife. But this was like a photo album of back when we were, you know, in our 20s. Well, because he pointed her out because the waitress that served him the coffee was an identical match to that dude's wife in her twenties. So he would say, you know, reincarnation, you tell me, you know, kind of thing. Hmm. And that's where he'd leave the story. But very interesting that the waitress was 22 or 23 years old. The older gentleman lost his wife at that time, 22, 23 years ago. And then for the past, the moral of the story, this is why I'm just kind of recapping it, if if anybody didn't catch it. But she had just moved there a couple of years ago, and that's when his staring issue started, was when she moved there, and she was staring at the floor as well. Now, the other thing where you can pick up the 
energy level of is it fate that this guy pulled into Denny's to stop and get a cup of coffee? He wasn't thinking about it when he left, but two miles down the road decided I'm going to get a cup of coffee. So do you see where I'm going where all this connection is oh, leading yeah. into one another? Yep. I got, <laughs> I got, I got something for you. Go ahead. I, I can't promise you it'll be as, as, as grandioso and long as your story you just shared, <laughs> but I, well, you know, I got long stories. I always got long stories. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> somebody I know ended up, uh, having a, an appointment they had to go to and ended up going particular way to get to this appointment at a a doctor's office and there was a traffic accident so they ended up having to take a different way this person loves coffee so they went into a gas station they've never ever been to tried to make their coffee with their usual creamers and stuff and of course it was a different place than they were accustomed to so they didn't have the right creamers and that throws everything out of whack for anybody that likes drinking coffee with creamer you know what I'm talking about and yeah. so they tried hobbling together what they could with whatever was on display and just grabbed a bunch of creamer and what, whatever was there in a hurriedly, you know, real, real quick because they had to go. Um, and this person only drinks creamer and some sugar and that's it. So person finally gets to their doctor's appointment it's still early office isn't even open and there is a waiting area and this person I know walks into the waiting area to sit down and sees a person laying on the floor an elderly person and so the person that I knew was like, oh my gosh, runs up, <clears throat> tries to see if the person's responsive. And the person barely has their eyes open. Very, very weak breathing. Dials 911. Trying to talk to the person. The person really can't talk. And at this particular time, the person that had the doctor's appointment that walked in had this overwhelming feeling that something needed to be given to this person that was on the floor. So they start tearing through their purse, looking for something, you know, a mint, candy, something sweet. That's all the sense that this person was getting inside and dump the purse out, cream and sugar, but finds two packets of honey, like ketchup packets, but they're, they're honey. So grabs one of them, rips it open, you know, brings it to the person's mouth, squeezes it. And by the time 911 showed up, which was, I think, like seven minutes later, after talking to the EMT, then finding that the person had a medical bracelet on and stuff. 
when they were leaving the paramedic EMT looked over at the person I knew and said, Hey, good job today. And the person I knew was like, what are you talking about? And they said, if you wouldn't have done what you have done, then this might not be the way it is right now. And the person I knew was like, I don't get it. And the EMT said, I shouldn't be telling you this, but the person that we're taking away right now was in diabetic shock. Because <laughs> they just it, it dropped too low for the sugar. And the whole point of this story, by the way, I think I beat yours by like, maybe 30 seconds for being quicker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you keep talking, you're going to run over. <laughs> or as someone I know says, let me make a long story short. Um, no, but point being and that, is... And that was a short version. Right, right. <laughs> but the point is, is that let's look at the variables on this. Trying to get to a doctor's appointment, traffic made this person, due to an accident, go a different way to go to a gas station that they never went to ever. And out of hurrying, grabbing the creamers and such, somehow was able to snag two packets of honey Hmm. and throw it in the purse at the same time with the creamers. For anybody that's ever went to a gas station, all that stuff is very defined in its nice little neat box, not next to each other. And you know, and then goes on off to the doctor's appointment. So let's look at it from the other aspect. If this person would have went and took the normal way there and the accident wasn't there, then they would have went to the normal gas station they went to. They never would have grabbed the honey because they would have had the perfect concoction of the, the creamer and sugar and stuff and then showed up to the doctor and it may have been too late for that individual on the floor. So to add to what you said, <laughs> is there bigger things at play sometimes? You know? Yeah, there's always there's always bigger things at play. It's just, you know, trying to understand it. And, you know, and that's where people wouldn't dissect that situation. They would just look at it like, man, that person was at the right place at the right time. Right. But us being thing. Us, or me and Dalton being who we are, <laughs> we're, we're always looking at it going, hmm, what's the spin on this? But what well, is the spins on it? Right. Right. And, uh, cause you know, energy, when you talk about energy, of course, energy never dies. It's basically trans transferred back and forth kind of, Endlessly, if you want to say. Yep. Taking different shapes and occupying different dwellings. And, you know, a lot of times, like I would say, you know, I always said like your guardian angel is a past loved one. And part of your, your, your afterlife experience, your testing in the afterlife is guarding your loved ones, no matter, um, you know, if you're guarding someone that's, say, never known you in your family tree, 
or if you're guarding someone that didn't know you. But part of your testing, I believe, is watching out for those that you loved or friends or whatever. And once you do that, when they think that it's your time, then, you know, you'll be pretty much reincarnated and brought back. <clears throat> now, reincarnation could happen pretty quickly, as though the story that I told you, where he lost his wife 22, 23 years ago, and that was pretty much the age of the young woman serving my friend coffee, right? So, um, but they say that there's different signs of reincarnation as well. Um, if they came back as, you know, basically a new disguise or souls that have been embodied before, um, I guess, emit, if you know what that means. But, like, if they left before their time, like they have unfinished business. Right. You, so, you know what's interesting about that? We talk about reincarnation. And the first thing that the number one thing on a list of nine things is if they left before their time and they have unfinished business. We also calculate that as a haunting. Uh, right. Did the spirit die? Yep. Sometimes you hear the phrase residual haunting. And residual is a replay in time, but the actual intelligent haunting is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. If if the person had unfinished business, let's say, and in a very uh, unnatural way, uh, was hit by a drunk driver, was uh, shot, robbed, stabbed, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, basically passed away in an unnatural way. A natural way or state at the climax of that scenario. Right. So we have found that some hauntings um, were basically causes of somebody leaving before there was their time because of a, you know, basically a, um, a situation that wasn't very good. Let's mm -hmm. just say that. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny how they, they, when you, I, I just remember that because I remember when I, because I've studied reincarnation and I, and to this very day, I still try to read up on reincarnation, but it's funny that I remember the first, the number one thing, the first thing they brought up was, um, passing away with unfinished business would be part of a reincarnation, but it's funny how that ties into a haunting as well. So just wanted to throw that out there as well. Oh Yeah. No, it all, it all makes sense. Here's, here's one for you. I have <clears throat> had dreams before that have never happened in my lifetime. And I have talking to people that don't know each other in my past that have shared and divulged information to me of dreams they've held had and they all I don't want to say all the individuals that have talked to me on this subject matter sometimes out of this handful of people that I knew painted the same picture for the dream that I had myself hmm. And 
None of these individuals knew each other at all. Didn't live in the same location. Um, had no way of knowing what the other person knew or what I even knew because I never shared this with anybody ever. And for me personally, and trust me, I get it. I know there's people probably sitting there turning their head to the side tilt and going, really, really, you're going to go there with this? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. Anything that I've ever stated and will state on theory, paranormal's podcast has either been my own personal, true, in fact, experience of a, of a situation that's happened, or I will give you my theory or opinion on something. Um, I'm never the one to embellish anything or come up with wild tales or anything like that. So, but ultimately, all these individuals had a story slash dream that were similar to one another and to myself. And the only thing that I will get into on it is it had to do with stuff from hundreds of years ago. So <laughs> that in itself, for me at least, is what got the ball rolling to make me think about reincarnation and past lives a long time ago. And I just found well, here, here's I, a, I found it interesting. Well, here's an interesting thing about that. You ever run into somebody and let's say they're, you know, they're a lot younger than you. And so, I mean, like a lot younger than you. And so you look at them and you go, yeah, man, I was up in, uh, you know, New York. And I was walking by and I seen this, uh, this old, uh, picture and it really, it really grabbed me because it was an old picture of a, of, a, a you remember the old wood style bridges that went over the, oh yeah the rivers and stuff that the carriage, you know, the horse and carriage used to go across. Yep. And it had that old, it had that old setting basically. And I'm just trying to throw something out here, but, but anyway, and that person that's way younger than you goes, oh, yeah, I've seen that too. And you look at him and you go, <laughs> there's no way you could have seen that. How did you see that? Did you ever been to New York and, and you know, been to that area? And then, you know, guy, you know, it's not like a famous painting. It's not like something, you know, you're not looking at the Mona Lisa or you're not looking at, uh, you know, whatever. This is just somebody painted this because it's out there in the middle of New York somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yep, it's just a one-off like, one scenario. Right, but when you got that, and, and maybe I'm using the wrong concept on how to explain it, but it could be anything. Like you went somewhere and seen something, but that younger person goes, yeah, I've seen that too, and you look at them and go, how, how have you seen that? How how'd you even, I mean, have you ever been to New York, or have you been in that area? No, I've never been there, but I've seen it. Where did you see it? Well, I don't quite remember. So right then and there, I start thinking, wow, you know, and, 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 um, I'll tell you, I was with somebody for a very long time and she used to say, I just met somebody that was reincarnated. <laughs> I said, how would you know that? She goes, well, they couldn't figure out how to use an ATM. Obviously they didn't have them back then. <laughs> she goes, no, they actually acted like it's the first time 
they stepped in front of an ATM and and like their mind, because deja vu is a big play of reincarnation. Oh yeah. Uh, multiple deja vu's are a good sign of reincarnation. But her thought process was maybe they just had a mind blank, like their mind went back to that time that they were living in their past life before ATMs came out, and they forgot literally how to use an ATM, basically. And it kind of makes sense to me, like, maybe so. Maybe they had a deja vu of who they were before. There was no ATMs present at that time. And so for that brief moment, they couldn't remember how to operate an ATM. And then a few minutes later, they were just, without saying anything or doing anything, they just started pushing buttons and got their money out. I mean, I could I could buy into that. I mean, look at it like this logically, if you want to play play the advocate and look at it from the other perspective, scientifically speaking and medically speaking, everybody has genetics in them. You know, the DNA helix, all that good stuff. And it's a proven fact as you get older, DNA constantly changes. Well, DNA constantly changes your whole life. But as you get older, people get sick because their DNA changes and that's when things open up, um, unfortunately. So who's to say it's not the same way potentially for a reincarnation so ultimately what i'm getting at is is the way as you get older and your dna changes maybe spiritually uh your spiritual dna changes also and so that's how things can happen uh also for people because you know people are like hey i was normal when i was younger and then i got older and then all this started happening you know just another yeah, theory, theory there just to think about yeah, and you're talking about the mind opening up as you get older and your DNA changes, basically. Is that where you're getting at? Yeah, because physically your DNA changes. So what about spiritually? No one ever really discusses spiritual DNA. Why not? They don't. Did, well, they don't discuss spiritual DNA. But here's here's the thing about the open mind, closed mind deal. You remember we talk about that all the time, that when you're, old, when you're younger, you're more open-minded and you're more perceptive than the older you get, your mind actually closes off. So what would the chances be that your DNA is changing and whatnot, or where you're going to, and then your mind opens back up for you to be more receptive to the things that you're talking about. I don't know. That's, that's the million dollar question of this podcast. So, right. So, so the, uh, does that have to deal with the full moon? Because we were supposed to do a full moon thing, and somehow we jumped. <laughs> so yeah, just to jump is back, a, jump is back it a for full a second. Moon tonight? <laughs> right. So just to jump back for a second, and uh, Dalton is right. I was supposed to touch base on this, and we kind of jumped into reincarnation. Um. So just to tail in on the the back end of the energy talk and all that stuff. Anybody ever notice when it becomes a full moon, things get really stupid everywhere. People act out of sorts. And and has anybody ever known anybody? Think about it for a minute. Has anybody ever known that one person every time it's a full moon? Rather, that person knows it or not, they start doing stupid things or act completely different or very well, well, irrational, not even irrational or just... Uh, stupid is a strong word. We'll we'll rephrase it to doing things out of sort that they don't normally do, and and it could it could actually be violent. It could things, be, it, it, suicidal things. Wow, that got dark real quick. 
It did well. That's I mean, when you talk about a lunar effect. Oh, now we're talking about idea, now we're talking about lunar effects, man. Wow, we're getting well. Deep. That's the full moon. What's the full moon? That's the full moon, right? Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a lunar theory. Otherwise, no one has a lunar effect, right? There you go. When you talk about a full moon and this lunar effect, I mean, and I don't mean to go to the dark side, but it does happen. So not only or acts in another way, but it does also create the mentality of some people to be violent. So now when you say that full moon and, ooh, it's a full moon, all the, all the weirdos are coming out is normally what everybody says. Is that because that lunar effect is changing the energy of the ley lines? Potentially. I mean, but what, what really mm. is a moon too? You have the earth, you have the sun, and then you have the moon. And they're all correlated to one another and different distances in a straight line. So that's when the moon has different lights casted on it and the way everything is correlated. And all different spacings, what Dalton's getting at, does all of that energy reflecting back and reflecting, that's not even a real word, reflecting. <laughs> reflecting? Reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what I'm getting at is, is that all the different stagings of all the different moon phases, that's all different energies that are going all over the place. And well, and they, and they've always said that the, you know, there's a correlation between your stages would be moon cycles and human behavior. So, uh, see, that's what I'm getting at. Do you yes. think, do you think in theory, Dalton's theory Maybe we can do like Dalton's corner, but Dalton's theory <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, you know, do you think there's, there's some sort of tie in there? Because in truth, this doesn't really, it's not applicable just to human beings. It's to animals also to, to the environments. So. Well, it can play a, it can play a part in a person's mood swing and, act as a trigger for anxiety and depression. Um, I mean, if you want to get into like the, the, the not so dark side, um, I mean, if you've ever noticed that you've had trouble sleeping, concentrating or remaining calm during a full moon, because, you know, they say it's, it's pretty common to, uh, to basically feel this way because the energy of the full moon stirs up your emotions, which can cause anxiety. I got one for so, you. How many, What's that? how many listeners out there you think have had those nights where they're tired and they're laying in bed trying to sleep and their mind is just going, they're exhausted, but they can't go to sleep. Something's keeping them awake. And it's, it's just like, what is going on here? You know? And then eventually exhaustion kicks in and the person falls asleep. I mean, I'll admit it. I've had a few of them nights. And I couldn't figure out why. And the only thing that I would notice is it was always around the time frame of something with the moon sometimes. And it's like, what's that about? You know, why, why does that even have to be an effect? Can it be something simple as because, you know, I had my Cheerios in the morning, something, something erroneous like that. Maybe I need to stop having Cheerios, you know, the day of who knows. 
just for analogy's sake. But well, I want to say like is that so <clears throat> you know of course the sun and the moon play a big source in the what do you want to say the life on this planet yeah so the gravitational pull that all that all is correlated 100 percent to the waves of the earth right so that's where then you get into like the tide changes and yep. the way the water the oceans flow and all that stuff but yeah my point is so if if they have that much of effect and you have your moon cycles uh that happen every you know even even down to like which the one I love is the blood moon. Uh, I think it's probably one of the prettiest moons. <laughs> I don't know why. It's probably the the vampire lover in me. But uh, the blood moon, is, to me, is, like, ridiculously pretty. I, I, every time that happens, I just can't help but stare at it. Why? I don't know. But the different cycles, you have your lunar eclipses, that also affect people um, in certain ways during an eclipse, even though a short time that the moon disappears. Huh. Uh, so the, th the thing I'm saying is with it dealing with gravitational pull and all that, I would think that it does have something to do with changing the energy of the ley lines and the energy of the things that we can't see and, the, and basically the things that we're talking about. Um, how people react to, let's say, the change of those ley lines. I would, I would like to dig a little deeper into the actual changing of ley lines and what kind of energy does that produce. I mean, have you ever studied something like that? Yeah. There, well. This we're just about at the end of our our podcast segment for episode eight, so we won't jump into all that. At least from well, what I'm, I've studied and known, but it gets it gets pretty beefy if you want to look at it from a scientifical. There I go again, another word that's not even there. I'm making up scientifical, um, from a scientific, uh, you know, value. Um, but things and you know things but, do get disturbed. Yes. Well, and they're and they're saying a lot of like some of the research I've done, um, basically suggesting that the um, the effects originates from the fact that a brighter moon probably more likely is to disrupt the sleep quality, and so being that sleep deprivation creates sour moods. So. I mean, I couldn't live in Alaska, bro, where it's, you know, daylight for how long? <laughs> I think I think it's, it's day, like, daylight for uh, nine months out of the year, I think. And, I'm yeah, and, no, and, and, and I may be wrong. So for anybody that lives Alaska. In, in Alaska, um, you know, no offense. Please feel free to email me at info at theoryparanormal.com. Let me know different. <laughs> It'll be my learning lesson. Um, It'll be a learning lesson, but. But I, I'm just saying, like, the moon represents the physical as well as the emotional body. Right. So the full moon is a time to be receptive, to take the light and awareness of spirit into your emotional and physical body. Do people actually do that? I don't think so. Maybe subconsciously, um, but, you know, who knows? Well, now you're getting into a whole other subject. <laughs> See, that's... <laughs> so, you know... But I don't know. 
but I think uh, it's. Tell me this: Why is it when there's a full moon? Normally, you can turn on the news and you see a bunch of crazy things on the news that happened, unfortunately. But you can never turn on the news and be like, this whole town sporadically decided to do cleanup along the highways for 150 miles and get rid of all the garbage. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Or this whole, you know, city did a GoFundMe so that way they could bring in a bunch of money for charity, you know, and to give to... You know, people's homes that got devastated in natural disaster. You never <laughs> see just massive, random acts of like, wow. It, it's well. What is it? What does the full moon remind you of? I mean, when you when you think about a full moon, where where do you want to go with that? Normally, let's say let's say we're not paranormal investigators. We're not doing these podcasts. What's the first funny thing that people say when a full moon comes out? Personally, I always think I got to shave my beard if I have one. <laughs> Just right. because, well, you know, I'm thinking you, I'm thinking werewolf. There you go. See, werewolves. So, you know, full moons, they're associated basically with transforming into werewolves, right? Could be. So, okay, so if you take that and you look at it and you have an odd or insane behavior, including sleepwalking, uh, suicide, illegal activity, fits of violence, and the part of transforming into werewolves. Where does what does all that tie into? I, so I, you're you're basically I, I saw, saying I, it. I so want to say, okay, on that list you just read, which one isn't like the others? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what I'm that's what I'm saying though. So when you look at a full moon, and we go to paranormal, let's talk paranormal. Is the full moon actually? A concept of evil? Well, it depends on the slant that you look at it. If you look at it as a solstice event, then you could get into the whole aspect of agriculture and the different things for celebration. I mean, there's tons of different implications that you can have for... Uh, well, we op- we opened up this Pandora's box, so maybe this should just be a subject on the full moon. Yeah, potentially. Because there's... Because you can talk, you know, empaths are more sensitive to the energy of the full moon. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. So that's probably why we stay up at night during a full moon. Like, I have a problem sleeping at night during a full moon. Hmm. Because the, the thing is, they feel the effects of the moon's energy more strongly than others. So I think what we'll do now is we'll uh, get to the very end of our podcast here. Um, we're going to, oh man, it was just getting good. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to, what we're going to do now here, Dalton is, uh, we're going to get your spin and my spin. We're going to answer a email from a, from a listener, uh, out of Ohio. And as they said, uh, dear theory paranormal, my question is this, if somebody is perceptive to, being able to have a ability when they are younger and then it stops and they grow older. Is there a chance it can come back? Interesting question. I don't know. You want to take your spin on it first or what? I'm going to let you go first in this one. So if they have an ability when they're younger, they lose it when they get older. Can they get it back? I believe so. 
I would say like, uh, let's go to psychic abilities. Um, some psychics when they're younger have, a have the ability to do that. And when they get older, uh, sometimes they, they learn how to mentally turn it off or they accidentally turn it off and don't know how they did it. And then, well, let's say when they, when they growing up in life, you know what I'm saying? And then when they get older, they decide, Hey, I want that psychic ability back. Um, you just have to tap into that part of the brain, I guess, that, that opens that up, that channeling that gives you that. And so it, it basically falls along the lines of, like I've always said, when you're younger, you're more perceptive to it. As you grow older, sometimes you can accidentally or mistakenly, uh, lose that ability because you just don't deal with that no more. So you're not. I don't want to say practicing, but you know how it is. If you're not using it, uh, let's say shoot and pull. You were a pool player in your teenage years, and then later you, you could just couldn't play. You never had time, and, and you hadn't played for a very long time, and so you kind of lost that ability to play well. I'm, I don't know if I'm using the right analogy, but I'm trying to just going out somewhere with it. But anyway, and then later down the road, you decide to pick up a stick again and continually just playing every weekend like you used to play. And so I would consider it like riding a bike. So after a while, you're going to get your game back and you're going to be able to play as well as you did when you were younger. So I would say that the ability, if you start trying to use that, whatever that ability is, when you start trying to use it again and you try to use it on a regular basis, yes, I believe it can come back and it might even come back stronger than it was before. Does that make sense? Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. I would not <laughs> like to buy a vowel. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, I'm, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Well, as far as it goes <clears throat> for the word ability, uh, for listeners that aren't as familiar with the paranormal world or the spiritual aspect, uh, an ability could be something of an individual being an empathic, which is perceptive to feeling things uh, via emotions or perceiving uh, things potentially mentally. Um, it could be an ability to just to simply have dreams that come true. It could be the ability to touch something and then just get a sensation of a feeling. Maybe an emotion. Maybe a smell. For instance. Um, maybe it's something as simple as looking at somebody and seeing their etherical being around them, their aura, as it's called, and seeing the colors radiate off them, wisping around. Uh, another ability... For instance, could be to communicate with animals. You know, the way we communicate with people. To be able to, however that's done, communicate with them. You know, maybe someone, for this is strictly analogy's sake, that's an, an equestrian uh, that does stuff with horses. And that's how they get them to move out of the stall. You know, when they got to take care of the stall and clean it up or maybe 
they're the rider and the horse is theirs. However that works. Um, so for an ability, I believe uh, it's one of two ways for the most part. You either have it naturally by birthright, meaning genetics, or you don't. And you acquire it later in life uh, somehow. And I can use my personal experience, uh, actually, in this question. Uh, when I was younger, I did indeed see things around my bed when I was sleeping that were spirits because they were translucent, uh, grayish, kind of white, kind of black shadowing. And I was very young. And then it just stopped. And I never thought about it. Even as a young child, it never scared me. It was never like, oh gosh, all these weird figures are around me. It was just kind of like, I'm trying to, you know, just imagine you're trying to tell a young child, hey, time to come in for supper. And they're out in the backyard playing in the sand. <laughs> it's just kind of looking over like, uh. I'm in the middle of this. I'll be there in a minute, you know, just kind of like whatever. That's how it was for me. Um, but later in life, everything stopped, at least for that type of ability. And I had a period of my life where everything was full stop everything. Never thought about it again. And then three different instances in my life, different time frames, different things happened. And I didn't outwardly seek flip any switches to turn anything back on um, but situations showed me uh, the capability or that I was susceptible to certain circumstances and so then at that point I was just like okay and just took it with a grain of salt um, but what I'm getting at though is ultimately yes I would say if any individuals did have a, an ability when they were younger and then they stopped that there may be the capability for that individual to have if not the similar or same ability maybe something different when they get older um, just to add to that <clears throat> it is a fact Unfortunately, due to individuals uh, that have been maimed uh, or been in some sort of dire circumstance, rather it be end of life, uh, or been brought back from passing away from an event, um, sometimes abilities just spawn themselves out of nowhere. And it's just one of those things that people just are like, okay. But it's well documented throughout history and throughout time. Um, just individuals randomly having gifts all of a sudden or abilities for different various reasons. You know, like I said, uh, in reference of being injured or having a some sort of event happen in their life, and it's just it's, it's just there. So, uh, for anybody that has never had an ability that's just listening to our podcasts, uh, thank you for listening. Everybody is welcome here. Uh, we are not uh, targeting any particular 
audience. This is for everybody's knowledge, and we're just imparting our experiences and theories and wisdom to let everybody listen to and, and take what you will from it. Um, yeah, we want to. I also want to thank the emailer for emailing us, <clears throat> and uh, like to get more emails in. Um, I know, like I said, we've been gone for a little while, and uh, life gets in the way. So we apologize for that. We're just two busy people. Um, but we hope to get on a regular track here and we are lining up some investigations to, uh, be able to do, and then we'll be doing podcasts about the investigation that we've done, telling you what, what kind of experiences and what we, uh, came across during the investigation as well. So I would say, I'm not going to give a timeline on that because work is just impossible for me right now, but hopefully the next few months we can kick in an investigation i would think uh, but yeah just uh i just thank all the listeners for who has been listening uh people that are just now jumping on board and listening and uh we you know it's kind of just something we love to do again and uh it's just our opinions on stuff our personal experiences and personal takes on how we perceive things might not be exactly what other people perceive, but hopefully we're close, right? That's all we can do there, Dalton, is just uh, put our right foot forward and explain our experiences and go from there. So, Well, being that we're in the military, it's usually the left, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so as far as it goes, uh, that is going to conclude our episode eight of Theory Paranormal's podcast, which is going to be comprised of energy, reincarnation, and uh, Dalton always leading with his right foot. That's right. The full moon. <laughs> the full moon. So, and now we're going to get on a subject where we're just going to talk about the full moon and just about reincarnation because there's so much to talk about in those subjects. Yeah, so Individually for those podcasts. Um, yep. And likewise, uh, as far as it goes, we will be breaching a lot of other uh, conversations and, and subjects. Also, if there's anything that you're interested in hearing about, uh, we could definitely uh, give it a spin in one of our future podcasts. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or anything you want to bring to our attention, anything you want us to review, if you're a paranormal investigator, or even if you're not and you catch something or have something, feel free to email us at info at theoryparanormal.com and we'll be able to get back to you. So, as always, don't be afraid to ask questions.